0: This is the MacWorld podcast, episode five hundred and sixty-two for June seventh, two thousand and seventeen. Howdy, ho, folks, and welcome back to the MacWorld podcast. I am senior contributor Glenn Fleischman, and this week I'm going to have uh, we're going to have some high Sierra talk with uh, my colleague, senior editor of MacWorld, Roman Loyola. Hello, Roman. Howdy. Uh, do you get high Sierra with your friends, or is that a, too much of a personal question? Uh legal legal in my state to run macOS. I don't know what's going on in your state.
1: Yeah, it's funny cuz when he said that, the 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 thing was the the that didn't come immediately to my mind. What came to my mind was and this is going to of course date me. Yeah, yeah. There used to be a uh retail chain called Mervins.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I grew up in California. I remember them.
1: Yeah, and the, I think they
0: had their house brand was called high sierra Oh, or, i think or you're outdoor right outdoor clothing i think you're right i have like the vague sense memory of that right um
1: so i don't know whether it was actually mervins or not but that's the thing that came to my mind was this high sierra branding of clothing that uh i used to wear as a kid so that's what came to my mind i i was later i went oh he's making a pot
0: reference oh oh yeah so <laughs> We're so hip. That's and then of course you know immediately people are flooding uh, Twitter with uh, pictures of the uh, Humphrey Bogart movie High Sierra, oh, right. uh, written by John Huston, directed by Raoul Walsh. I was thinking it was Howard Hawks film, but I was wrong. I wanted to make jokes about hawking a product. It's like no, I can't do that. But they could be Bogarting High Sierra because it's got Bogart. Maybe I don't know pot jokes. You know, I was thinking it is it is a theme though because Apple did that. Um, they have their TikTok thing on a lot of cycles. So the tick is a major introduction, and a talk is a refinement. Um, often on, on um, all, you know, alternating years, sometimes I do tick, tock talk, talk, but there's, you know, leopard and snow leopard, lion and mountain lion, um, Mavericks and El Capitan, not quite. And then, <laughs> and then Sierra and high Sierra. I mean, they, they milked all the jokes for what it's worth, but we'll get over it. It'll just sound like a normal thing soon. They will forget, but, uh, it's cute. The high Sierra is beautiful, beautiful country. High Sierra. Only been there a couple times. But so uh, Apple, this was a WWDC keynote and uh, they let it off with – there were some surprises this week, um, some things that were expected and some things that we didn't hear about that we thought we were going to too. So uh, a lot of good news I would say. But Roman, my take um, – let's do our big overview before we dig into things like the HomePod and uh, watchOS and so forth is um, – I, I was watching this about halfway through. I was actually having trouble staying awake. I like guess literally my eyes started to droop. And and I know it's a developers conference, but I'm interested in the developer stuff. And the keynote doesn't always focus on that. And they did mention some APIs. They mentioned their Apple, and there's some things that have come out afterwards too, that Apple is uh, definitely going to make things better again for developers. This is a good direction. They made a big strides last year. A lot of developers were very happy about, and there's some more big strides uh, coming. In fact, I have to go look back at more of the App Store update details because they're covered very. A lot of stuff was covered very rapidly and may have more of an impact to uh, how developers create software and what we see as consumers. And some of the flagship items that were called out that are sort of you know high level consumer items. But here's what I want to know from you because I had this. I'll tell you, I felt this felt like a catch up year in a lot of ways. So much of what they talked about was. Achieving parity, or not even getting entirely to parity, to features that other companies offer, or even things Apple's promised in the past—how did you take this, uh, the the thing as a whole? Did you have a come away like that, or was it just too too many things to draw any conclusion from?
1: Yeah. Afterwards, I I did actually feel a little, I guess, punch drunk is the word. <laughs> yeah. Because there were, there was a point where, and I think it started around the iPad Pro part of the presentation. Uh, where it felt like someone said in Craig Federighi's ear, uh, "We need to speed this up because oh. we're we're drifting into," <laughs> and he like slammed the gas on the, slammed the <laughs> you know gas down on the pedal, yeah. and it was just like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" And you know, there was like that whiplash effect, kind of like, "Wait a minute, whoa, it's we're we're taking off now," and and yet yeah, it was a lot, and I you know. In the past, the WWDC presentation for a lot of people like you and me, the so-called experts and analysts and critics and journalists, have criticized the WWDC keynote for not being exciting enough. And, you know, maybe that's true, but at the same time, Apple has a tricky uh, balancing act to perform because they have to address their developers, so they have to talk about things like APIs, and and things like that, but they also know that everyone else is watching. I mean, they broadcast yeah. the thing on their website, so they have to uh, be be entertaining and provide information for general users as well. So it's a tricky balancing act. But, um, yeah, it's uh, to me there was a combination of there was some razzle dazzle, in other words, you know, not not for. Frivolous sake. I thought there was some cool stuff. At the same time, it was just so much that after a while, I was kind of like, "What? What did he just talk about?"
0: Oh, you know? It, yeah, yeah. I had that sense. I'm like sitting there. I'm taking notes and listening, and I was like, "I just missed something important." And I'm scrolling back in Twitter. Also, I should point out, you were at the live event, so you're getting it. You're getting the full bombardment yeah. being surrounded by people—you like, know, five thousand or however many developers—they fit in there now. It used to be like five thousand, yeah. maybe it's ten thousand. How big the space is. So right. you're in there with a relatively small number of press, VIP, analysts, and whatever. Everybody else is a developer, so they're you know have a different energy. You got all the stuff going on stage. You're trying to take notes on there, and then when we're watching at home. The thing lags anywhere from like five to fifteen seconds. I've got a Twitter feed going. And even with being able to scroll back in Twitter, I didn't track everything. And I think we're going to be unwinding for the next couple of weeks a lot of what came out and trying to figure out what we missed because they're not going to talk about a lot of that again until um, later in the year or when the release happens. They'll they'll say, no, we just – we talked about it. It's got to go like uh, – do criminology on the um, not criminology exactly, but like pruder analysis of the video <laughs> to see. What, I mean, they throw a slide up, it's like, yeah. and there's more. And they throw a slide up, and it has 150 items on it. It's up for three seconds, and then it's gone. And people are like, wait, it said it's doing, like you know. So yeah, yes. you, I don't think you're alone there. That those slides. So if, for people who aren't familiar with
1: Apple's uh, keynotes, what they often do is that you know they go, they talk about their product and what's new and stuff, and usually at the end they have a slide. That is basically their logo with a bunch of phrases or, you know, two or three words of other new features that are in the product. And those are, that's the gold because you find little things that maybe either address a problem that you wish they did, they, they would address, or it's a new feature that you're kind of like, oh yeah, you know, it's finally, you know, but you know, that's, that's the true gold. But the thing was, and I was talking to Jason Snell about this uh, after the keynote, that slide was only up for (laughs) maybe three seconds. And a lot of times we would, you know, be looking down to keep, you know, to track our notes and then look up and all of a sudden we would catch the slide going away. So we wouldn't see that slide. So uh, yeah, so it was, that's how fast and how brisk they were going throughout the keynote. So you know, and and the temperature of the room. You know, everybody seemed to be. I, you know, the thing is, I sit, sat with the media members, and the media always tries to be stoic, and you know, they don't they don't applaud or anything. But everybody around me seemed pretty excited about some of the things that uh, were being shown. Uh, in particular, I noticed that there were a lot of Chinese developers at oh, the show. Yeah, yeah, and Apple at one point showed. A and I can now I can't even remember if it was for iOS or if it was for macOS, but they showed a slide of features specifically for the Chinese market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a large group behind me and they were cheering uh, for the fact that now they can, uh, now that there's QR code support, it it, it was iOS because it was cute. I guess QR codes are big in, in China, and now that uh, the camera will support QR codes or something like that. I don't,
0: I I didn't, again, I didn't catch the slide because I was, yeah, I, this is, I've been writing about QR codes for, I I dug it up. I've been this, I'm not a QR code advocate, but it's just this niche thing. I'm going to write about it, uh, for you. In fact, for Macworld about it more, but it is one of those little things where, uh, people outside of country, I mean, China's a massive market and, um, the the people use QR codes there routinely where you scan those little folks, those, uh, you probably know, but those those two D barcodes and one kind of them the the one that's dominant for um, at least consumer facing stuff is QR codes. So UPS has a different format, and there's different ones different people use. But QR code is the one that uh um uh, it's usually a device presents it. So you're uh, you want to a, um, a QR code or another two D barcode. Like if you go to pay with Starbucks, it presents a code in your app, and they scan it. So it's like this digital analog glue, but when it was conceived, it was the idea you'd have a device, you'd scan a code, and it would encode a lot of information like a URL or a coupon or whatever, and everyone in America typically laughs at it because our phones aren't integrated around it. But in Japan, where they started, they built the systems in the early 2000s so that it was an integrated part of the camera. Like you would use the camera app and it would just either – it wouldn't auto-recognize in those days, but you like hit a button and it would scan it or something. And uh, and it's it's taken off uh, enormously in China as well. It's just a thing there because the operating systems were were, uh, optimized around it. So anyway, I'll go Mm -hmm. on and on about it. But like because the uh, Android, various versions of Android have done auto-recognition or mode to recognize QR code. So this will be the first time Apple builds QR code – automatic recognition into the camera app and we are going to suddenly see the thing that was laughable is going to be mainstream and you're going to you're <laughs> going to and it's going to people be like well why that was never funny there's a site called people scan pictures of people scanning qr codes and it's empty it's a joke it was set up in 2012 and it's still empty and i guarantee you even though it's been an android for a while and even though android users use qr codes as soon as this feature comes out with we'll see. I'm sorry, I was too much about it. But there was like, so right, this one yeah. feature, one line on a slide and one mention, it goes by. And that was still... You know, <laughs> like wait, right, whoa. and it got a huge response. Yeah, just, so, so couldn't hear that you know, at home. That's great. Yeah,
1: yeah, and the the thing, you know, there's this attention. that, You know, we've, there's been this talk about Apple's attention to China and, and the media and stuff like that. But yeah, there was a large contingency of Chinese developers there. that. air quality really index
0: that. for China is going to be a feature in the phone. I just was trying to find the list of things. There's like like eight oh, wow. things on the slide, and um, it's really I know it's sort of fascinating. You're like, wait a minute, you're really like. So they understand that market. They're trying to cater to it, and it's it's something that goes under the radar. I'm glad you had that uh, in person reaction for that yeah, reason. Yeah. Um, well, so but the catch up thing. I mean, bigger than um, than be any of the individual uh, deals is that um, I just kept getting this sense that. Oh, I don't know. Is Apple trying to show that they weren't behind, and so they brought up it wasn't all like keyword generation. They had real things to show that you know, it's augmented reality and virtual reality. There were you know ch- uh, things that the Chinese market wants didn't need AirPlay 2 so that it gets um, its streaming system is closer to stuff that's already out there. The Siri speaker system HomePod, which we'll talk about in a moment, because they don't want to seem as behind. Amazon and Google as they seemingly are for entering that space. Um, I had this feeling that was, uh, it was Apple announcing things and they didn't do the revolutionary thing. They usually do. They, they highlighted stuff that was unique or better, let's say, but they didn't pull off the, this is incredible or nobody's ever, this is the first time there were things like, this is the best speaker system ever made in this format or something like that. They, they hedged, and they were they were crisper and delineating it, and I got this sense that um, for one of the first times that Apple is is in a serious catch up position. Uh, but it, I don't think it's going to affect their business at all because almost everything they talked about today, or yesterday rather, um, we're recording this on Tuesday. Almost everything they talked about doesn't really affect their core money driver. These this was almost all announcements besides the iOS stuff about the minority of their business revenue. And not even about the future of the company, as we understand it, it. Some of these things, like HomePod, are bets on what the future of the company will be. But uh, it just I was disappointed to see them not pushing further ahead anywhere. Um, it just feels like they're in a rebuilding stage. But again, they have $200 billion in cash in the bank. They're about to get some favorable repatriation terms for bringing that cash back to America, probably. Uh, they have a lot of great stuff in the pipeline. The Mac revitalization will – convince people, I think, that, that they're on track, that there's things happening, um, and even like watch OS 4. But, um, Roman, it just seems like they are – it's not a weak position, but they have seeded ground in so many areas that they're in a catch-up role for the moment, and we're waiting to see what that catch-up looks like, but it won't have any effect on their future as a company. I mean, that, it just sort of – you know what I mean? Like, they have so much money, so many sales. The iPhone dominates it. I don't think any of things – even if they – Flub everything they announced today, except for some iOS features I'm seeing today, yesterday, for iOS features. I don't think it has a business effect for them, really, or at least in the next several years. But,
1: clan, clan, yeah. clan, clan, clan. Uh-oh, what? <laughs> Are they we, we've been covering Apple for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> hasn't Apple always been playing catch-up? Do you know <sighs> what I mean?
0: It's a good question, right? Because occasionally, yeah.
1: Hasn't Apple always been second or third to market you know it's i i I'm, I'm trying to think of a product that was that had never been really seen before that apple has released and, and i don't i don't know maybe you can say the original macintosh but or maybe ios um but yeah i mean it, it's true you know we it's <laughs> a lot of this stuff right. do, does feel like apple is finally getting you know, serious about, oh, you're finally getting serious about AR and VR. You know, welcome to, you know, 2014 or something like that. But, and I and I, I like to, th- I always think that too, that, oh, come on, why isn't Apple adopting these things? And then when they finally do, you think, oh yeah, finally. But that's always sort of been Apple's MO. They've always sort of like sat while everybody else is sort of on the forefront You know, and initiating these new technologies and developing these new technologies, and who I don't know if Apple, you know, is on that forefront and decides not decides to just wait. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That that they're working on it too, but while everyone else is uh, showing off their development, Apple decides. Yeah, no, no, we're not going to do it yet. Cause that that's the impression they've always sort of given. You know whether they actually really play catch up. I th- whether they really do just play catch up or really they're they're actually are developing and just wait for the right time for them. I, I don't really know. It, it's uh, uh, the impression has always been to me that they've waited for their right time for them. But that was you know a different era with Steve Jobs and stuff. I don't know if it's the same with with Tim Cook and everything like that. Now what you're so, saying is
0: to- you're saying is totally fair though. It's totally fair. I just I, yeah I. I forget that, although – but I don't think they – I felt this is the first time, maybe in a long time, where I felt that it seemed the, – the, it's not even a confidence thing. I don't want to get into psychoanalyzing a company or its executives. It's more like uh, Apple usually enters a market very late in this, what seems like the cycle. Like, like let's, let's look at netbooks, right? Netbooks was this mature category of sorts. Um, the, uh, companies were shipping in millions and millions or tens of millions of them. They were eviscerating – their own PC line, you know, the companies are slashing their own wrists while they put these products out there, and Apple's sitting there with 30% margins, smiling. and People say, "Why don't you have a netbook? Why don't you have a netbook?" And they're like, "It's not really something that's the right value proposition for us," or however they phrased it. And then, you know, time—I think years went by. I think it was two or three years, and then they released the iPad. And they said, "Well, we don't think netbook is really what people want. People want either a full computer." Or they want a truly mobile experience, and boom, here's a thing. Seven years later, they still dominate the tablet market despite the introduction of you know so many alternatives um, and you know Surface options from Microsoft, uh, Android options that are super cheap and capable, and they may not have all of the software, or whatever. But there's a lot of options for these um, third-party, you know, non-brand Android, like non-certified Android um, offshoots and, uh, and Apple still makes most of the money and ships. I don't think it's the majority. I'm not sure they ship the majority of the units, but they own most of the money and most of the profit in that, um, in that system. And I know, I think Microsoft, again, it's like probably the only company giving them a good run for it at the moment. And, uh, that's the kind of thing I'm looking for where they're like, all right, we're late. Sure. But what we did is we kept working. And then when the market, we let other, uh, you a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy fan. You know, I've
1: seen it a couple times, and every time I, I can't remember it after. For some reason or another, <laughs> well, I can't remember it after. It's a bit in Maybe the book. It has
0: to do with something about.
1: I see or something. But...
0: <laughs> well, it's it's a bit in the book and a bit in the movie. <laughs> is that is that the uh, spoiler for folks who haven't read a book that's thirty something years old? Uh, is that uh, there's a planet of people who uh, the the business of the planet is making other planets, custom planets for rich people, right? And they said, uh, well, you know, we uh, we are slumbering because the global economy collapsed, and we're waiting until such a point as it's recovered to awake, you know, come back out of cryo sleep, and uh, so you you know let everybody else do all the hard work of rebuilding it. And I felt often like. Apple is that planet Magrathea. Right. They're like, well, that's very nice. Amazon and Google, you've built this very nice – or Microsoft, you built this very nice market that is really kind of, uh, you know, like Microsoft with um Pocket PC, Nokia with its operating systems before the iPhone came out and said, this is all great. You're selling 100 million units or whatever a year. Your profit margin is really low. We're going to come in and produce something that's going to kick all your butts because we have thought about it. I don't feel like they're at that point right now. Like the HomePod doesn't fit that. Nothing they're doing particularly feels like they said, okay. Now, And, I, and I'm not asking them to be innovative. Like some people are like, well, they didn't innovate in this announcement, so they're doomed. But every four to five years, they come out with something that is market- Excuse me. Market changing that they've been sitting on, working on, and thinking on for a long time, and I don't get the sense that that's happening right now. So I want to ha- I want to be surprised in September. Let's put it that way.
1: No, you're right. You're right. You know that they they've changed markets. You know the iPod, the iPad, the iPhone, uh, the Mac. They they changed markets, and it's been a while since we've seen a product that changed the market. And I think they were hoping the Apple Watch would do that. Yeah, and maybe it still would will. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, we have we've expected this from Apple and it's been a while since we've had it, you know, it's, it's hard to say whether the HomePod can do that. You know, it's, um, I'm not convinced about, you know, digital assistance and things like that, but you know, that's because of the way I think. I would think of it in my home. Maybe for somebody else's home, it it, it would be, fit perfectly. But anyways, I, I'm starting to uh, progress into a home pod uh, discussion. But that's uh, right.
0: No, I'm sorry. We're doing, I, I got us in the in the weeds here about the bigger thing because I know a lot of people are. You know, but here's the thing: Apple's clearly doomed, Roman. We've been covering Apple long yes. enough to know that this yes. obviously means they're doomed. So let's get this that is, out of the way. Yes, this is doomed.
1: So <laughs> anyway. that 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 two hundred and fifty is going to dry up, and then you know that. That new campus is gonna suck all their money dry. That's right. It'll sink into
0: the ground. It's built on a giant <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, It's built on a giant money burial ground. Um, yeah. What, what? Yeah. So, so Apple Apple Park will just uh, disappear beneath the earth. Um, well, so all right. So moving on to products, ton of stuff. We're gonna talk about. I think you and I talked ahead of time. I think we're gonna address iOS and uh, iPad stuff next week because there's so much to talk about. With details, and we're still sort of sorting through some of the aspects of it. So, we're, we'll talk about the stuff we feel more confident about this week, and we're going to be churning through it. And, folks, you can always email us podcast at macworld.com or uh, you know, find us on Twitter at macworld, or uh, uh, you can find me at, at GLENNF and ask us questions. Let us know um, what you're thinking so we can, uh, we can address some of those. Um, I am not installing early betas at this point, I do have a phone. That I could, I think I could install iOS 11 on, but I think it's too early. So I'm relying on developers posting screen captures. Should note, Apple's NDA restrictions have changed dramatically uh, uh, from a few years ago. Uh, And I think this was was last year, the first year they did this. So a lot of stuff coming out of WWDC is not proprietary. Um, People can share certain things. I don't think they uh, they don't have the public beta out yet. But Apple doesn't enforce the kind of rules they used to, and those some of the rules are even gone. So. Uh, Folks, you'll be able to find out more information just generally too. Um, Like all the documentation is already up. Uh, If you go to uh, developer.apple.com, I don't think I had even be logged in and I could be reading technical documentation. So that's cool. Uh, But the HomePod. So that was the thing. Everyone was waiting. No one knew what it was going to be called. I don't think the name even leaked. And um, the thing about seven tweeters did uh, tweet people tweeting seven tweeters. Uh, there's some kind of tongue twister, twister in there. Uh, but I, you know, Roman, you were there in person when the thing was unveiled, and you got to see some units off in the distance, not touch one, but could see them uh, at the hands-on area. Some reporters uh, apparently got a little bit of a closer look. Um, what do you think about this direction that Apple's taking with this uh, compared to some of the other home assistant products?
1: Um, I think it's interesting that. During the presentation, they heavily, heavily went into uh, the HomePod as a music listening device. Yeah, you know they emphasized that, and then kind of went, "Oh, and by the way, it it works as a digital assistant. And you can <laughs> ask things like that." <laughs> but but music. So and you know a- Apple believes it's you know Apple Music is a strong hand that they can play and one way they can differentiate themselves from Google and Amazon is to, is the music aspect. So it's a way to kind of tackle two markets at once. So there's the home audio systems like Sonos and a few others. And then there's the digital assistance. Um, so, but yeah, at one point during that presentation, the music part was going on so long. I was sitting next to uh Dan Franks, who used to be a MacWorld editor who now works at The Wirecutter, I was sitting next to him, and I said to him, "They're only talking about music." Yeah. And then, of course, as soon as I said that, they showed the the digital assistant slide. So, but that's it. Went on for so long that I was kind of like, "They're really emphasizing the music aspect of it." And I, the thing is, to me, with the music aspect, you're you're putting the bar. Pretty high now, because you you're getting into things like music audio quality mm-hmm. and usability on a different aspect that you're entering into uh, which means you have to like Apple products are you have to price it at a premium and uh so that three forty nine price is made made a lot of people cringe, I think because. I mean, how much is the Google and Amazon products? Is it are they like one fifty or something like that, or oh yeah, the, two fifty?
0: The, the, they, but they're and they're pro yeah, that's the thing is the Apple problem is Apple wants to make profit off a um, device, and uh, 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 Amazon's willing to take a loss because they sell right. product. It's a yeah, hundred eighty bucks for the Amazon uh, Echo and the Google Home. I forget. Is there just one model of Google Home? They have a bunch of different stuff. That is a hundred bucks or so. It looks like various prices. So yeah, I, I wasn't even comparing it. And neither of those things are being. Both of them are sold as things that will play music, but neither of them is marketed as this is an incredible home stereo system that might replace portable speakers or right. other kinds of Wi-Fi speakers. And and you know and to the credit of. Um, Uh, of uh, the folks presenting, we Phil Schiller presented that, that's right, and we were waiting for him and there he was, uh, is that um, Wi-Fi speakers are still very expensive. I've been pricing them. I I have a site on uh, Wi-Fi that I haven't updated. I closed it down in 2011 and the archives are still there. One of the most popular articles in the site uh, and one that I get Google ad revenue from because people click through on it is a link, not an article, to something David Pogue wrote in the New York Times in the mid-2000s about Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi enabled speakers, or maybe late two thousands, and it's still a super popular article. And if you go out there and try to find Wi-Fi enabled speakers, um, besides the Sonos system, which is expensive but very good, there aren't a whole lot of. um, uh, I I shouldn't say. I mean, Sonos falls in that category too. There are not affordable, solid systems that are not single purpose and aren't part. You know, are part of ecosystems. So Apple is selling this. I understand the audio part. They're like if if it plays out as well as it should if if it's a really good thing, they're like this is actually a stereo system that is worthwhile for an apartment, a small house, a market they really do cover well um and the three hundred fifty dollars is like you're getting uh something that is the equivalent of a much better system plus it does all these other things i mean, I guess that's how they're trying to market it, but it still even with all that is that a is that a good deal I don't know
1: yeah it's I didn't get to try one um i when at the hands-on section at wwdc they had two of them on a table and you weren't allowed to touch them you weren't allowed to handle them uh you could take pictures and video of them and that that was it so i didn't get to see one in operation there have been a couple of um people jason snell at his blog six dot uh renee Ritchie at imore they got an actual demo and they wrote about their impressions of the audio from it. Uh, So, you know, I can't speak to whether it'll sound good or whether it's easy to use or anything like that. So that, that to me remains to be seen. Uh, My first impression when I saw the home pot on the table, I thought, Oh, so that's what they did with all those Mac
0: pro shells. (laughs) That's right. It's not how big. It's not that big though, right? It's a little smaller than that. It's. It's.
1: Yeah. It's. I think the HomePod seven inches and the Mac Pro is. I want to say nine and a half. That's funny. So I was like, oh, so they cut them, you know, cut the <laughs> bottoms off and put a put put fishnet stockings over them. And, My God. And it is a little uh, thicker, so it's it, you know it looks like a a, a fancy trash
0: can. Oh and, but, no! Apple you know, stop
1: making those. <laughs> Yeah, they have this kind of fascination with rounded edges and Johnny Ive loves those rounded edges, I guess.
0: And I saw immediately people said my cat's going to love this thing. It's so our cat's going to go to town yeah. on on the outside.
1: So so yeah, it's an interesting
0: product. It's I
1: I do feel like there's going to be some difficult positioning because of the price because I don't know I'm not familiar with the whole that whole uh, home audio system, uh, market. I, so it, to me, it makes sense that they should kind of overlap. You know, why should you have a home audio system and a digital system? Why can't they be one device that seems to make sense to me? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how Apple is going to be able to successfully, uh, convey that message. Uh, Yeah, it's funny. During the presentation, I immediately thought of the iPod Hi-Fi. Yes, and I pulled it up on my page. Photos of that, yes, yeah. And Dan Frakes looked, saw my laptop, and started laughing. And we were just looking. I still have an iPod Wi-Fi at at home, and we actually still use it every once in a while. But um, yeah, I mean, Apple's kind of done the speaker thing before, and I mean, it is a different product. Uh, You know, it's that's essentially a boombox.
0: Yeah, I just I just wonder. I keep wondering, like, who is this for? Because and and so Apple missed what an obvious thing they could have done too. Is this isn't even a mesh uh networking node? It's not a. It's a Wi-Fi right. device. You have to find a. Core, you know, it, they show it as this independent thing, but you got to plug it in. So you got to run a power cord somewhere. It's not just a glowing device that draws power from the uh, air around it. Uh And for three hundred fifty bucks, I mean, I've been saying this about the Apple TV. The Apple TV should also be a base station. I think they have enough processing. Uh, power. I forget what chips in the, the fourth generation Apple TV. This device, the HomePod, has an A8 in it. It certainly has the processing power to deal with being a, a mesh node. And uh, instead of seeding, I mean, so Apple got out of the airport. Uh, you know, it's apparently we haven't seen any new units. and They pulled them from some of them from shipping. I think so. Uh, Apple's ostensibly quietly not making Wi-Fi base stations anymore. The alternatives are pretty. I don't want to say terrible. There's a lot of alternatives out there that are good. For an Apple user, there's nothing in the ecosystem. And configuration of a lot of these, of the things that are similar to the airport extreme, are very poor. And the mesh nodes are much better, but they're very expensive and it buys you into somebody else's ecosystem, including startups. And you want to get mesh nodes from a startup because if they fail, they won't provide updates and you won't be able to get more nodes when they die and all that. So like this seemed like a perfect opportunity for Apple to bring in extra functionalities so for $350, you know, you get this and then we'll be selling, you know, uh, uh, other units that will have fewer tweeters and will be mesh nodes as well and blah, blah. And those will be $200 or something like that. And they could have eaten into one market and provided a reason for people to place these around the house and – Um, expand and improve the service over time. But instead it's like, it's a speaker that also answers some questions just as badly as Siri does today. (laughs) Uh, I also, I gotta be, I was irritated when, um, Phil Schiller uh, said the uh, magic phrase, I'll just say, ahoy, a telephone. Uh, when he said that, um, I thought everybody in the audience's phones would go off and they didn't, which was weird. So if you were there, your Ahoy telephone trigger didn't work. My telephone, I had multiple iOS devices near me. My telephone, my iPhone 6S goes off and says, okay, I'm playing all music stored in your phone in shuffle order. And I'm like, come on, Phil, <laughs> come on. Um, if somebody suggested that maybe Apple had geo-fenced the entire area to prevent, uh, you know, a phone telephone from working. I thought it seems like a real invasion of privacy. I don't know if you could pull that off. Maybe I have never heard about them geofencing uh, voice recognition out, but I did expect everything in the audience to go. Yes, I'm starting to understand that and make terrible jokes and didn't happen. Uh So home pod, we'll see. And it's not coming till December. So we won't get our hands on one for a while uh yet. Anyway, expect we'll get an update in September when they do their uh, iPhone announcements and we'll see more about it then. Seems likely. All right. So that's enough for HomePod. We'll see what happens. Um, We're going to run through – so we won't go over long. We're going to run through a few things really quickly, and we're going to talk a lot more about iOS and other things we discuss uh, next week. I think, you know, one of the other pieces of big news, we got updates for – I should say we got updates for tvOS, but very breezily. Amazon videos coming as expected, and then everything else is later in the year. So I guess September, unless they do a special event, we'll hear more. Um, We know tvOS is behind – uh, watch os 4 we'll talk about that next week i think a lot of little improvements Um, nothing huge just by the way you can get the rainbow pride watch band is for sale uh, people were uh, squeeing <laughs> about that online because they saw it out there and uh and uh, it's actually available it's not just a special item that people were wearing um we i want to talk- use the rainbow watch band with the kaleidoscope uh, watch face oh my god you might your eyes might uh <laughs> spin out of their head um but yeah we'll go into some more depth on that. We've got articles up about both uh, the TVOS announcement and watchOS. Uh, on the uh, the iPad and uh, iOS issues. We're going to talk about next week. I think we're going to wait and um think about that. So let's finish up with uh, the Mac stuff. So we got two uh, two issues here. One is we got the name High Sierra for the next release of macOS and and details about a number of things that are coming. Uh, many of them very welcome and uh, the the others we got new uh, uh, Mac updates. I shouldn't say new Macs and the Mac, uh, the iMac Pro announcement, which I don't remember hearing anybody leak ahead of time. I, I, th- I think people thought there might be feature bump that sometimes happens at WWDC, but we've got new. Um, there's a bump on the MacBook Air is getting a faster processor, but not seemingly an update. The entire MacBook and MacBook Pro lines is getting a KB Lake update, so uh, that'll help a lot with uh, system I/O, is my understanding. I don't know if it helped with performance as much. And then we get the uh, the iMac adding USB-C, uh, so they'll have Thunderbolt three ports, and the iMac Pro with four of those, I believe, and the other two or other uh, iMac lines will have two. So still not abandoning USB 3 it's still going to be in there with the type A port um and available over USB C as well uh, but Thunderbolt 3 comes to those machines um this felt like a pretty robust um you know if in a normal year if Apple had been doing this every year we'd probably feel less strongly about it but this seemed like a pretty robust defense of the Mac uh, f- especially for developers what do you think do you think this was a uh, uh hey you know we're still here we're we're really honest we're going to we're going to keep working on this stuff
1: yeah i think if it's you know if this is considered the talk is that right this is the
0: well yeah the tick was a long time ago right but this is really the talk right right so the talk is the is the upgrade or the yeah the form refinements right because i think the tick is usually the form factor is the same everything's set all the features are the same and the talk is like oh yeah we added you know thunderbolt 3 or we've taken the processor and bumped it up We're, we don't know when we'll get a new iMac form factor because that's yeah. that's been a long time before, since that's been refreshed too so
1: it, it seems like to me it's like a talk with a capital t it's yeah. pretty it's pretty substantial so uh you know with like you know the the new file systems coming i mean th- i think that'll be a big deal I, I think a lot of people won't really it's one of those things where general users will be like hey my mac feels a little crisper and a lot of it has to do with uh With things that happen with the file system, like, you know, faster copies and things like that. Oh, my God.
0: He got applause for that copy. (laughs) Uh, Federici showed a copy operation on stage. He's like, here's what it looks like. And, you know, Sierra, here's it's like, boom. Everyone's like, oh, my God. And I mean, part of that is because there's some efficiencies behind the scenes. Did it really copy the files? or did it do does it do div i mean th- there's some magic there that demo as well but it's still um, every from all reports apfs is going to be enormously more efficient and it's a modern operating system it's going to yeah. cope better with the the what the current system does to uh in interacting with files
1: right you know there's also you know the photos app as you know <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> yes as as you know and you know w- I think we've said this before. We thought about changing Mac nine nine one nine one one to Photos nine one one because we gosh. get so many photos questions. So many questions. And they introduced some features there. But to me, the thing is, are those little problems that are we always get asked about that need to be fixed? You know, the the new features like the better facial recognition and the syncing and stuff like that. That's great, but. It, you know, it needs more work than that. You know, I would almost be happy if they just didn't even do any new features and just fixed it. You know, and they don't have to do all of, you know, you don't have to fix it completely, but, you know, cut down on some of the repetitive questions that we kept keep getting. Oh my
0: God. If people, I mean, I think uh, we would we would have so many happier Apple users if they simply made it easier to like uh, organize al- uh, albums by uh, Alphabet and improved sort orders within albums. There are so many yeah. people who are frustrated at features that are still missing from iPhoto that they used all the time that are totally reasonable features. They're not weird things that are edge cases. It's stuff that people used all the time. Um, I'll point out too, is uh, you know what, you know, I worked on that article uh, last summer um, coming up onto uh, with the facial recognition features that were upgraded in photos for Sierra. And then we updated it uh, when uh, the version shipped and I was able to retest everything. And some of the bugs have been fixed, but I still, I, you know, I just opened photos the other day and it said there's 4,000 photos that um, haven't been scanned for faces. This will happen when, uh, you know, your machine is awake and you're not using the app. And I'm like, I haven't used the machine for two days over the weekend and it's been awake. So you're not working, right? And there's no like restart recognition. There's no user intervention that helps for that and the thing remember that we encountered was apple had not only initially promised that the facial recognition would be syncable across all your devices and it's in fact we found it in some manual pages that i believe are still online um and folks if you didn't realize this apple does write manuals for all its products it just doesn't (laughs) highlight the fact it's kind of a weird thing um so if you go to the photos online it's online help but also they have you know like PDF manuals and so forth. Uh, you go there and you look it up and it says, you know, yeah, if you recognize, uh, do people uh, tagging in one thing, it'll, you know, sync it to another Mac or whatever. That feature never rolled out, never apologized for it. wasn't like, you know, folks, we know we meant this happened last year, but we weren't comfortable with the uh, privacy protections we're able to do, whatever. This year, no mention of that. Just like, hey, now it'll do this thing that you promised last year. Um, I'll note a big thing that I heard repeatedly is, uh, you know, Apple is going to be using iCloud for more secure syncing. And they're calling it end-to-end encryption. I'll be writing about that this week um, because uh, they say the facial recognition, uh, facial tagging you do, that's going to be synced. And they're saying that's it's fully protected, you know, end-to-end encrypted. Uh, iMessage, will now be an option in messages uh, to across uh, platforms to store your messages in iCloud. So you're no longer dependent on which device receives the message. Uh, Cause Roman, I'm sure you've had that presence problem. If you're at the wrong device and, or you switch devices and some of your messages are on one, one device and they don't show right. up on another and you can't scroll back. So they're going to offer that as a feature. It sounds like there is definitely a, a switch that they showed to turn that on. Uh, there was one other thing they talked about syncing. Oh, Siri. They're going to sync Siri um, training data so as it learns what you do, it's going to sync it across all your devices as well. And again, they said securely. So I think Apple's adopting something I'd hope they would do that they do with iCloud Keychain, uh, which is they use device-based keys instead of, um, they don't control the encryption directly. So unlike Dropbox, say, where Dropbox encrypts all data at rest on their servers, but they can decrypt it all. And so ostensibly they can be um, subpoenaed or someone could break in. No offense to Dropbox security, but you know, let's say someone... Bypassed fourteen levels of security and tied somebody up and was able to get a master password. They could see your data decrypted because that's how it's stored in Apple's model um, for iCloud Keychain, as opposed to the rest of the iCloud data it stores, like contacts and calendars. Um, everything is encrypted in such a way that only the endpoint devices can decrypt it. So we can store this encrypted information without the ability to decrypt it itself, or to provide. I mean, even if uh, you know subpoenaed or or ordered or you know held at gunpoint. God forbid, uh, they would be unable to do it. So that is a a big message. I'll write more about that. Um, And implementation is everything because you may not want all your messages stored centrally, even if you're the only one who could ever get access to them, unless someone got access to your devices. Um, Well, I think we got to wrap it up, but uh, there's more to talk about here. We'll be talking, folks, uh, for the next probably several weeks about this. We've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, let us know if you have questions. Um, You know, we've got uh, uh, tons of articles up. Roman got hands on. Uh, You saw, you were able to... uh, Work with the iPad Pro and the uh, Mac uh, iMac models, right? Uh, hands-on time with that. Got stories about all the features at MacWorld.com. And uh, next week, we will dig in a little deeper, and we'll have had more time to uh, hear what's going on. And Roman, do you have an iOS uh, burner phone that you can that you'll install iOS eleven on? Or are you waiting too? Oh, I yeah, I
1: need to figure that out. <laughs> I, I, I got a bunch out. of stuff lying yeah. around the office, right? It's like yeah.
0: I got to see. I got an iPhone. Uh, I, I'm an older ipad that i think is still capable of taking the latest update so i may i was saying i wasn't going to update but maybe i'll stick that on my older ipad take the risk um well it's great to talk to you roman again this week thank you glad pleasure to talk to you and folks you know where to find us macworld.com facebook.com slash macworld at macworld on twitter we're all over the place and uh this has been episode 562 for june 7th 2017 of the macro podcast. Join us again next week as we go into depth on more about these WWDC announcements.